Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. So let's pray and and believe that in spite of me, God will help us tonight with his word. 2 Corinthians chapter, amen, number 11, verse 3, and then we'll turn to Luke, amen, 22. You don't have to turn there. Uh, The Lord will write it on the wall behind me. Amen. Good to see all of you, friends, people I care for. Amen. But I am afraid (laughs) that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Luke says this, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren amen I believe the Lord will help us tonight but you're going to have to want to hear preaching and to want to hear preaching you have to be willing to let preaching sort of get in your face a little bit but I won't be ugly I promise I got this guy over here with me I appreciate him coming he'll He'll just give me the sign when I'm getting too comfortable. I want to preach tonight about having one heart. One heart. I wonder if we could set our Bibles down and praise Him one more time tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Now put a little praise with that. Would you do it? All right, let's do this this way. If you're going to help me, you can be seated. If not, remain standing so we know where you are. Okay, just the sound people standing so we know where they're at. They, they have no choice but to help me tonight. Amen. One heart. The central error of modern thinking surely is that today men and women... Imagine that they have the right to decide for themselves afresh and anew what the truth is. 
or what the church is or what its message should be. If we really want to know what apostolic is and what the apostolic church is, then in common honesty, there's only one thing we should do. We should go back to the record of it all. We should go back to its roots, to its heritage, to its genesis, if you will, and discover what the church is in the very beginning of it. In Acts, the second chapter, the Bible said, and you know this, they continued daily with one, everybody say one, one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Amen. And the Lord, the Bible said, added to the church daily, such as should be saved. The words and expressions used here, they were not chosen at random. They weren't arbitrary, if you will. They were inspired by the Holy Ghost. It was inspired word of God. We have the marks and the characteristics here of the true apostolics. The moment that men and women become saints of the Most High, these are the ways in which they show it. The marks have been written for us. The Bible said they did eat their meat, not only with gladness, but also with singleness of heart. Somebody said amen. In other words, they did it with one heart, singleness of heart or one heart. The most important statement means first and foremost that these Jerusalem Christians, they were in one mind. They were experiencing a wonderful unity of singleness of heart. Their hearts, as it were, were melted into one another and they moved with one heart. Our Lord had prayed that his disciples might be one even as he and his father were one. They had different temperaments. They had different personalities just like you do. They had different backgrounds, different upbringings, different social statuses. They were different in almost every conceivable way. Yet somehow they were melted together as one in an extraordinary way. What they were manifesting was this thing we like to call in the modern church unity. Somebody said amen. They showed this singleness of heart, this one heart, because each of them separately had one heart. This is the one most remarkable thing. I promise I'm getting somewhere. If you, can you just bear with me for a moment? This is one of the most remarkable things about the gospel. And it is one of the greatest characteristics of apostolic life. It's important to note what, that while it is indeed one of the most remarkable things about the gospel, it is also one of the necessary things about the gospel. And everybody said amen. 
Now we can preach. Unity. Everybody say unity. Precedes apostolic outpouring. Brother, if you could just help me with these monitors, that'd be great. Miraculous outpouring is preceded by unity. Holy Ghost outpouring is preceded by unity. Amen. Can, can I say something direct but not ugly? I always figured you can say whatever you want to say as long as you say it nice, right? <laughs> About half of you smiled at me and the other half's like, I don't know if you can say it or not. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm a little aggravated anyways. I went through Sonic drive through on the way here. Because my wife introduced me to sugar-free raspberry mango water. About the fruitiest thing I'll ever say in my life. But I sat in the drive through so long. Good to see you, dude. I sat in that drive through so long I didn't get my drink. So I'm a little aggravated to begin with. But I think I'm going to help us. The key to the Holy Ghost falling in Acts 2 was they got in one mind and one accord. Can I tell you why we've been a little sludgy around here tonight? It's not because pastor's gone. God bless pastor. It's, it's not because he's not here to fuss at us. But every one of us got about a hundred different things on our mind. Other than coming in here and getting in one mind and one accord and letting the Holy Ghost fall. Was that, was that ugly? You tell me the truth. Was that ugly? Okay, good, because I'm going to go deeper. You see, that's the devil's great work. I'll just run this message right now and just spit it all out there. That's the devil's great work. The devil can't stop unity in the apostolic church. He's the biggest bum there ever was. All he can do is give you smoke and mirrors and make you believe that he can stop unity. He couldn't stop unity if he wanted to. He has no ability to divide an apostolic church. Contrary to what you read on Facebook and everywhere else, everybody giving the devil credit for flat tires and losing their job and their checkbook being out of bounds, that ain't the devil. That's poor management of balance and rotation. I'm tired of us creating a doctrine of the devil that is nowhere in the Bible. I'm telling you, I'm, I wouldn't go around picking fights, but if I was going to, I'd pick one with the devil because he does not have the ability nor the power to even give me a bad day. I'm telling you, it's time the apostolic church realized it is time for us to reign on the devil's parade and realize that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Praise him with me. God gets ready to bless Medora. Pentecostal church. The devil can't stop that. Let me ask you a question. How would he stop that? What could he possibly do? You know the, 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 the illustration. The, the, the disciples get out there on the boat and they get in a storm. And you ever notice how Jesus isn't really bothered by your storms? He's asleep at the bottom of the boat. They finally wake Jesus up. You got to get this. They're losing their minds, thinking they're going to die. And Jesus kind of walks up there and says, Wind, be still. 
Because he's not bothered by what bothers us. The devil couldn't stop revival in this church if he wanted to. You know why? He's not the master of the wind. He's not the one that holds revival in his hand. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one, 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 one mind. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Why didn't the devil stop it? He had no ability to stop it. Couldn't have stopped it if he wanted to. What I'm saying to you, I know I'm being redundant, but I want to get it in your brain. That there's nothing hell could ever throw at you, girl, that can stop you from being what God wants you to be. He doesn't have that power. He doesn't have that ability. He doesn't have that ability to stop us. He can't divide us. You know, as pastors, we guard against division in the body. And we should. And we preach on gossiping and tailbearing. You don't have to get so quiet. It's obvious if you get quiet. Say amen. <laughs> you got to say amen. That way no one thinks it's you. And then just go home and post about me on Facebook. <laughs> you know, and we should guard the body. And we should tell the church people. Don't let, you, don't let the church get divided. Don't let, you, don't, let, don't let your hearts turn towards each other in a wrong way. We should guard against that. But it's not the message I came with tonight. You see, when I'm preaching about one heart, I'm talking about you and one heart. Because the devil can't stop unity in the church. And I'm not being ugly when I say this, but, but revival will come to the apostolic church with or without you. The devil can't divide the church. <laughs> I had a lady. Yeah, I hate the internet. I had a lady one time. <laughs> left our church and she, and she decided to do it by way of email. And uh, she said to me in the email, I don't like the direction of the church. I was thinking, how would you know? You hadn't been. <laughs> you wouldn't know if we blew the building up and it wasn't even there anymore. She said, I don't like the direction of the church. And just so you know, I was praying and I really feel that this church will completely dissolve in time. That's the best email I ever got. Because the devil always overplays his hand. And her saying that to me, for some reason it started something in me to realize, you know what, Brother Garner, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to keep this church going to prove that lady wrong. Right. Now you can think I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm telling you, I'm that maniacal. I'll fight till I die or at least outlive her keeping that church going. I'm going to tell you, the devil loves to huff and puff, make us feel like he's just going to cause all kind of chaos and confusion. He can't divide the church. Here's the message. Are you ready? He just wants to divide you. He can't stop the unity of the apostolic church, but he will do whatever he can to make sure that he divides you in pieces so you never become what God wants you to become. I feel like preaching a little while in here tonight. 
That's why we can't have dead church. That's why every Sunday night matters. That's why every Sunday morning matters because the enemy is trying to sift us like wheat and we got to make up our mind. I'm not going to allow it to happen. Come on, praise him with me a little while. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. There's a lot of spirits in the end time moving. And I, I really believe there is no greater spirit uh, moving in this hour than that of division. But I really don't believe that division, I think it's grown more subtle, Brother Bingham. I, I, I think the enemy's not really just dividing our churches now. <sighs> I'm going to go there, okay? I think he just wants you to tear your heart in pieces. There's a psychological term for it. He just wants you to compartmentalize your soul. You know, where, where you can still come in here on Sunday and pay your tithes. Nod at Brother Gill when he's preaching. Shake the bishop's hand on the way out. And then go right on back to the sin you've been living in. He didn't divide the church. He's just dividing you. He's tearing you in pieces. It's part, of it, it's part of the identity crisis he's creating in the church right now. And it's not really an identity. I'm not even getting on the don't know if we're men or women thing. That's a, that's a topic for somebody else. To me, it's a pretty simple solution. You either are or you aren't. But that's not the identity issue. The issue is he's dividing our soul. We're setting our affections on too many things other than the right things. Amen. We need to get back to praying the, the song we sing every once in a while. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself away. You see pastors coming to church and he's trying to preach this church into a place of revival. But he can't do it when you're torn asunder. He can't do it when you're divided within yourself. If you don't know if you want to serve God or not. You don't want to know if you want to be married or not. You don't want to come. Hey. I'm telling you, getting, getting quiet on me don't hurt me. I preached in Vivi on Sunday mornings. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight, you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to fall in love with God with my whole heart, with my whole mind, with my whole soul. Oh, would you lift your hands to heaven and praise him right now? Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. 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 I've said this here before. I've said this here before. The devil's specialization is isolation. You know, you ever thought about how much God loves you to give you a pastor? I mean, think about it. I was trying to preach this to him on the way here. I thought maybe he might pay 15% next month if I did it. <laughs> I just got to get him to 10% though to start with. That's a joke, I promise. I promise that's a joke. He, he's a faithful member of our church. So sorry. <laughs> it's a little tight in here. I'm just trying to loosen up the crowd at your... <laughs> Isolation is the devil's specialization. He loves you so much that many a nights when you're in bed asleep, 
snoozing, whatever you do. He moves on the heart of a man. Puts a word in the pastor. You grew up in pastor's home. You know what I'm talking about. Stirs him. Wrestles with it for days. Gets up and to the best of his ability delivers it to you. You ever left here thinking, felt like he was preaching right to me tonight. You ever thought about that, how cool that is? God loves you that much. And guess what? God gave us pastors. And the devil can't stop that. God gave us churches. And the devil can't stop that. But his specialization is isolation. So he knows he can't stop you from having a pastor. And he can't stop you from coming to church. But if he can get you to come in here in pieces. The real question is not will God give me a word. It's what part of you will hear the word. It's what part of you will hear the word. Simon. There's no Simons in here tonight, is there? Simon. Seth. Seth. I've prayed for you. Because Satan desires to sift you. What does that mean, sift you? It means he wants to tear you, to separate you in pieces. He wants to divide you from yourself, within yourself. So the word never reaches you. So the wind of the Spirit never reaches you. So the direction and purpose for God on your life you never achieve. I know you've got a great testimony, but the devil's not done sifting you, young man, because he wants to separate you from the purpose and cause of God in your life. He'll search these pews till he finds somebody that will open themselves up like a receptacle to him so he can pour and separate and tear and rip you like the tears from the weed. He wants to sift you completely from what God's doing in the church. There's only one way to, for you to prevent that from happening to you. It's to say, with my whole heart, I'm going to love you. With my whole heart, I'm going to serve you. I'm telling you, we cannot. I know I'm not pastor here, and so i got to be careful how I say it. But that's why the message of separation still matters. That's why the message of holiness still matters. Yeah. Hallelujah. We had, we had a little something at the church oh, here a while back. I'll just say it that way. And it's kind of, it wasn't one of those fun things where everybody comes, you know. It was, we had to go and work a little bit. We didn't have many people come. And somebody made the statement. They said, well, I hope pastor understands. Now, this is a little controversial, so I'm, I'm not making rules for here. They said, well, I hope pastor understands. Our kids had soccer tournaments all day long. Now, no matter what you feel about that, but here's the thing. You see, years and years ago, years and years ago, they just preached against everything. So you never had to have priorities. Your priorities were chosen for you. But we live in an age where we got more liberty and more freedom. And thank God for men of God that are walking wise and walking in the spirit. I'm not here to set what boundaries should be. What, but what I'm saying is it should never be a question of where our allegiance lies. Come on. Come on. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
I'm just going to say why I'm preaching this. Because I was here about a, a little over a year ago and I felt Holy Ghost power like I have never felt before. But something in my spirit when I got off the phone with Pastor the other day rang out in my spirit and said, Hell's trying to fight the people in that church because you told them there was a perpetual state of revival and every since then the enemy is sifting and dividing and sifting and dividing. And I come to tell the devil tonight, we're going to run back in here on Tuesday night with one one heart with one heart with one heart with a mind made up God I want what you have for me God I want what you have for me oh will you lift your hearts and your voices come on lift your hearts and voices hallelujah hallelujah you got enough time for me to go a little further the thief cometh, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he does that by dividing you piece by piece by piece. You know how marriage goes awry? It's when somebody decides, you can't have my whole heart. Giving y'all a little advice ahead of time here. I wasn't going to say that, but I looked up. She was shaking her head real. She was... She was nudging him. You getting this? That's the beauty of marriage. I'm just having fun with my friends. But that's the beauty of marriage. It's when two individual hearts become one. You know why marriages are going awry? Because the devil's taking our hearts and he's dividing them on things we never should be thinking about outside the bounds of marriage. And then we come back to our partner and it's impossible to give them one heart because we are so divided. I'm in the Holy Ghost right here. I'm telling you, if ever there was an hour, we better find singleness of heart. It is now. I'm telling you, this world has nothing for you. Come on, praise him with me right now. Come on, can there be a travail go forth in this room right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Back, back home, and we have a great church back home. I don't want to be one of those preachers that tells the horror stories of home, but we, we do have great people. This is one of the great people. Not a good tither, we're working on it. We have great people. But you know what? You know what people are wrestling with in this hour? I think the scripture's over in Luke, if y'all want to find where I'm at. If you haven't noticed, I'm jumping around. You know what God's asking for in the church right now? I'm tired of the church being frayed in our minds because we're in the last days. Where, pray tell me who told you the Bible didn't have to be fulfilled. It's got to be fulfilled. we got to go through these trying times. There's nothing we can do about that. 
And all God asks for is one thing. Total devotion. Revival is not leaving churches because God is short on revival. He's not pouring it out on certain churches because he loves them more than others. He's pouring it out where people have found singleness of heart. This commandment I give you, that you love the Lord thy God with all thy, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. He don't care if you love God with your heart, as long as you let your mind be twisted. Come on, he doesn't care. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Come on. He, he, he doesn't care if we don't go out and ever sin at all. As long as we come in here and we, we struggle with all, all sorts of things, sis, in our mind and in our spirit. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what way we allow ourselves to be torn asunder as long as he tears us asunder. I asked the church back home this morning, you ever, you ever had to just put your foot down with somebody? I asked that the church, and would you believe not one man spoke up and said, yeah. I was hoping that was the round I was going. Brother Garnett just did it, so we know he's not actually married yet. <laughs> We've had to do, we'd have to do that. Sometimes in business we have to do that, people. <laughs> we went to buy a car one time. And I don't know what possessed me to do this, but on the way there I told my wife, I said, I don't feel like haggling with them. You're going to have to do it this time, or we can just go home without the car. I'm going to tell you, I felt sorry for those guys. I, I thought, man, I hope she comes to the altar Sunday. <laughs> she got done, about three of them, sliced them, diced them, and all that good stuff. And she got up to go to the restroom. And the one guy looked across me, he said, man, Bubba. <laughs> I said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't let her act like this at home. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had to put our foot down with something. Can I ask you this? If I told, if I told, Seth, if I told you tonight at one o'clock that, that this man I brought with me is, 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 is going to come to your house to injure your family, good luck. Good luck. He, he, his boots started moving down there. I don't know what that meant. I mean, somehow his spirit set off metal detectors. You read between the lines there. Good luck. And not a man alive would say, oh, what am I going to do? Can I ask you why in the world are we letting the devil in our mind? Why in the world are we letting the devil through our devices and through our televisions and come in and send any old message to our brain to separate us from the move of God? I'm telling you, I feel the Holy. Can I, can I prophesy to you? I'm telling you, I see a conduit of anointing that wants to flow into this church. There is a river coming back into this church, and the enemy wants to separate you from that. But something's got to get a hold of you in this holy house tonight that says, Oh no, with my whole heart, with my whole mind. I'm going to put my foot down and make up my mind. I'm going to serve God. Right. Right. I've probably told stories before here about my best friend in school. He was the best man in my wedding. My, of course, my dad was an apostolic pastor. His dad was a Baptist pastor. 
I never had the heart to tell him he's right and he's wrong, but I'd bring, I'd bring him to NYC's. I'd bring him to NYC's. One time, the choir came off the stage at NYC. We were, I think we were maybe in the Opry House, and the Holy Ghost fell on the choir in the back. Anybody else remember that? Anyways, it happened. And one of the girls in our group never come out from the choir shouting and dancing. And we were all ready to go eat, carnal as we were. And they said, somebody go get them. I said, I, I, to my buddy, my Baptist buddy, I said, go get her. I knew what he's walking. He come out white as a ghost. He said, I'll never forget. He said, Anthony, this is the only time I ever tell you this. That stuff is real. But my friend, he liked to fight. And we was the perfect combination of friends because I like to talk. <laughs> and when I graduated, I was 5'7", 140 pounds. So let's face it, all I could do was talk. But he could fight. So I would talk and he would fight. And so I'd get somebody mad at me and then I'd go work him up real good. I'd say, oh, you know, they said they could take you. You know, they talk about your mama. Worse than that, they were flirting with your girl. I mean, imagine 16-year-old me. I'd, I'm, I'm watering this down for the church. <laughs> I'd say a few things, all right? By the time that whoever that was got there, my buddy was taking his watch off, rolling his sleeves up. He was ready to go. That's what I'm trying to do to you right now. Because there is an enemy that has desired to sift you from the plan of God in your life. I'm wondering, are there any Holy Ghost filled people that will take your watch off and roll your sleeve up and say, Devil, I've come too far by faith. I've been in this too long. I've overcome too much. I'm not giving up now. I'm not giving in now. I've got my mind made up. I'm going to be a part of the revival of the church. I'm wondering, is there anybody here that's got your mind made up. God, I want to be a part of the revival of the last days. Clap your hands and love him. I'm hurrying, I promise. Come on, love him, love him, love him, love him. Thank you, Jesus. It's coming, church. It's coming. We got on the edge of it last year. We felt a little nudge of what God had for us. It's still very much here. It's still very much on its way. But you've got to make up your mind, I'm going to be a part. Now this, I don't want you to answer this. But when I was here last summer into fall, whenever that was, I bet you there's people that are no longer a part of the church that have every, had every intention when they were here to be a part of what God was doing. 
And we have a bad propensity in the apostolic church to just write everybody off as devils and dingbats. But I've seen too many good people sifted. I've, I've seen too many people have their heart torn in pieces. And while the worship team was singing and the praise was going forth, the enemy was working overtime to divide them from the body so that they never were a part of the moving of God. I feel in the Holy Ghost, you need to get somebody on your mind right now. You know somebody that's been sifted from this body. You get them on your mind right now. And you lift their voice, you lift their name up to the Lord right now. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift them up. Just, just lift their name to the Lord with me right now. I feel it. I feel it. Come on, prodigals. It can't just be a word on the screen during prayer time because we're filling slots. It's, there's got to be an actual moving. There's got to be an actual interceding for them. I'm just, I just want you to, I, I, this feels so elementary. I want you just to, to stay with me right here. This looks like this is somebody's seat. They're playing hooky tonight. But let's just say right here was Sister Linda set right here. Okay. And the devil has sifted. And she's gone. Who knows to what? Her heart torn in pieces. You see, if we're not careful, we'll only care about us and ours. The problem is, is the minute that the devil sifts Linda out of the church, his mission's not complete. Because then he's going to Samara. Is that right? I said that right? God is in this place. He's coming right here. Samara, I want you to stand up while I'm talking. And I want this church to see you walk out that door right there. Just walk right out that door. You can come back in though, I promise. You see, I, I promise I had no intention of doing this. If you open and read my notes when I'm done, you won't know how I got here. I don't know how I got here. You see, and once she's gone, it's on to the next one. Because stealing, killing, destroying is all that he has on his mind. And you got to ask yourself the question tonight. Look around. Who are you willing to lose? Who are you okay with just walking out the door? You see, but here's the problem. It's easy to think. Somebody can tell Samara to come back in. It's easy to think. It's easy to think in our minds. Just stay right there, girl. I'm going to use you again. 
It's easy to think in our minds, well, I hate, I hate Samira's gone, but well, I sure am glad, God, you've kept me all these years. But what you don't understand is this world will tear your heart in pieces. And you don't know what it's like to be wrecked until you've been wrecked. Many of you have. And I'm telling you, you don't know what winds will blow through your mind. Ah, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You don't know what kind of thoughts you'll start entertaining. You don't know where you'll want to drift to. You don't know... <laughs> I, I, I love your spirit I feel right here but sadly there's a lot of apostolics we look at those that drift so far from God think how in the world did they ever end up there you know what I told our staff the other day I can't believe I'm saying this publicly but here's what I told our staff I hope to God one of my greatest prayers is is that my boys never meet the man I could have been I hope this church never finds out the man I could have been if it weren't for the grace of God that kept me you never know where you're going to end up you got to make up your mind with my whole heart with my whole mind with my whole soul I'm gonna love you come on will you worship with me right now Be seated just a minute. I promise I'm working that way. Thank you for your spirit, I feel. You see, I look back here, and, and I mean this respectfully. I see the, we don't call them elders. Our church, we say the, the seasoned folks. You know, the devil don't care if you serve God for 60 years. I, I had a good, good elder man tell me one time, he said, it's just as hard to live for God in my 70s as it was in my 30s. He said, the old devil never stops battling you. I tell you, I feel a holy anointing on me. You know what we're doing right now? We're sweeping this house, and I'm going to tell you what's happening in the Holy Ghost. God's melting some hearts back together. He's putting some pieces back together. Some of you have been torn asunder by the things of this world. The enemy's been trying to divide you, but I feel God's hands reaching in your heart right now, saying, I'm going to put back together what the enemy has broken. You ready to feel the Holy Ghost? Oh. Watch this. I feel this in this room. Ready? May the broken, may the broken be put back together right now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands if you've been broken. Lift up your hands if there's brokenness in your spirit, in your heart. I want you to lift them up right now. I feel the potter putting somebody back together again. I feel the clay being molded back together again. I'm telling you, pastor's coming back to a different church. He's coming back to a different body. There's one heart. There's one mind. There's one accord. It's happening in this room. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost with me right here. Come on, the healer's in the house. The healer's in the house. Oh, 
Shakata Yarabaha. Shakata Yarabaha. He Kashata Yarabaha. My friend, I went through something years and years ago. I went through something. I've preached a little bit about it here. But I went through something that broke me to my core. I'll never forget one of, one of the moments of intense brokenness. My father getting up beside me and telling me, whispering in my ear, he said, son, I know you're hurting. But if you can get off this floor, you'll help hundreds of people. I just went and saw my parents. It had been a few years since I saw them. Went and saw them and I said, Dad, God's helped me. I've helped thousands of people with that story. Listen to me tonight. I come to a point in my own brokenness. I will never forget it. I was driving down the road. And I don't know how God must have took the wheel literally. He knew the song before they ever sung Jesus, take the wheel. But I drove miles and I was totally lost in the spirit. And I'll never forget it. I got. I feel the Holy Ghost. Stick with me right here. I got to the end of that prayer driving down the road. And I shouted from somewhere way down in my soul, I am broken no more. I'm telling you, there is a spirit that lurks in this region that attaches itself to the brokenness, and it's part of the culture here. But I'm telling you, you know what will upset the enemy's camp in this region? It's if a house full of apostolics will say, I am broken no more. Somebody decide tonight you're the last one in your family that ends in brokenness. You're the last one in your family that allows the enemy to sift you through brokenness. You've made up your mind, devil. You can huff and puff, but you're not blowing my house down. I've got my mind made up. Somebody ought to clap your hands like thunder in this room. I feel an unction of the Holy One. Somebody jump up on your feet and say, I'm broken no more. Hey, Man. All you young preachers. If you ain't preached this part of the prodigal story, it's the best part. Samara's going to be the prodigal. Let me tell you what I feel in this room. I feel not the riotous living. And let me just tell you, in case you're struggling with riotous living, there is no party in the pig pen. So I'm not here to preach about the pig pen. I'm not even going to preach about him coming to himself and getting it all right. I feel... The same moment that happened in scripture. The Bible says when his father seen him coming but yet a far way off. I want you to walk slow because I preach long. But I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel the moment that the Father sees you turn your eyes back towards Him. I feel the moment when heaven gets you to understand that you need one heart, one mind, and one soul that is sold out to God. Right there. I feel that moment when God sees you coming a far way off and says, I'm going to run. I'm going to run to where you are. Here's what's happening in the Holy Ghost. 
somebody come up here and play and make them feel like I'm closer. Here's what's happening in the Holy Ghost. When that father saw that boy coming, it didn't matter to him where he had been. Didn't matter what had happened to him or what he had done to others. Didn't matter to him if he was broke, busted, disgusted, all of those things. All that father knew was he had laid the eyes of his soul back on his boy that he thought was lost. I'm going through this personally right now. And I'm going to tell you, uh, every time the enemy gets up in my ear, every time, I bet you back home, I've preached on the prodigal 50 times lately. Because every time the enemy gets in my ear, I remind the devil that when God sees us yet a far way off, mm, help me, Lord. I'm sorry to make you play the broken sinner, but that's what you are, okay? Boy, she just owned it. What a submissive saint. I'm going to have to ask your pastor if that's true or not. He sees the prodigal coming. He says, come on. The Bible says he ran to him. I ne- I've preached this a hundred different ways. If you're a preacher and you haven't preached about the prodigal, you're not a preacher. But he gets to her in the e- he gets to his son and he starts I don't want to cause you identity issues he gets to the daughter in this case and he says the son starts saying father I've sinned against you I've sinned against heaven I'm no more worthy I'm no more worthy to be your son but maybe your hired servants have enough food or he's asking for crumbs from the servants You listen to me right now. You don't put your value. You don't set your value when it comes to the kingdom of God. And neither does the devil. Neither does the devil. I'll tell you who determines our value. It's the Father. It's the Father. He looks at him and he says... I don't care about what you just said. You know the story. He says, go get the ring. Somebody go kill the fatted calf. There wasn't a party in the pig pen, but we're about to have a party. But here's what I want Medora Church to get. Here's what I want you to share with your pastor when he gets back. It's what he said next. He said, go get a robe. Oh, no. He said, go get the best robe. You know why? Because when the devil is sifting you and tearing you in pieces, he don't want you to ever wake up to the fact that if you turn your one heart back to God, the best is yet to come. He wants our afflictions to so define us and determine where we can go or what we can do. Good to see you, girl. That all of a sudden our value goes from being a king's kid to does your hired servants have any crumbs to spare? I feel a fighting in my spirit. I feel a warring in my spirit. Oh no. 
I came if for no other reason to lift your hands up in this room and say the best is yet to come for me. The best is yet to come for MPC. The best is yet to come for Bishop. The best is yet to come for Pastor. It doesn't matter. Come on. Come on. Somebody meet me at this altar and say I'm broken no more. Somebody meet me at this altar and say, I will not be torn in pieces. I will not be torn asunder. I will not be divided within myself. say a couple things to you and then I'll get out of the way and we'll let prayer hit this place can I tell you that one of the reasons that the enemy wants to keep the church carnal is really not just about worldliness as much as it is you not having wholeness. One of the reasons that he wants to keep a little division in your spirit just a little worldliness in your life it's not really about just carnality it's not just about worldliness it's about you not experiencing wholeness. I want to read you this scripture, but I want you to let the words go beyond just that's a good scripture. I want, I want you to hear them. Are you still with me? I know I'm being weird, but 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, if you'd put that up there. This has been my meat day and night for, for probably three to four years because I'm just going to say it. Y'all can mark this out of the video if you want to. But I see so much unwholeness in apostolic saints of God. We are overcomers by the word of our testimony. We're overcomers by the word of our testimony, but we will not reach a broken world with just showing our brokenness. There's got to be a wholeness. He showed Thomas his scars. But guess what? Those scars were no longer holding him to the cross. Some of you have got to realize you're not on the cross anymore. You're not in the grave anymore. You came up out of that grave. And the very God of peace, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, sanctify you wholly. I was somewhere one time, and, and God bless him, I heard a guy 
go on about a 20-minute rant about holiness from that part of that scripture. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm not real smart. I'll be honest. I, I was subbing a year or so ago at the high school. I got bored one day. I went there in the office. I said, y'all got my transcripts? She, she, she printed them out for me. Right there, she said, print them out. I looked at them. I said, can you change these? But I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, 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 you're missing. There's something. It includes holiness, but there's something far beyond that. God wants to give you revival that's so miraculous that it could, could affect this region in such a powerful way. But God's not willing to bless your mess. He wants to bless your wholeness. Am I hurting your feelings? The very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus. Can I tell you why I think that that truck ride that day was so powerful for me is when I screamed out, I am broken no more. I believe the wholeness of Jesus Christ came in that car. You know what I was doing? I was saying it is impossible for me to hold up the banner of victor and victim at the same time. And today I'm making a choice that I'm going to raise up the victory of Jesus Christ. Today I'm making a choice. I'm going to give him my one heart. I'm going to give him my one soul. I'm going to give him my one body. I wish you could throw your hands heavenward right now. I would to God somebody would cry unto the Lord Jesus right now. I've never told this story from a pulpit. And you're about to found, find out why. And let me create context for you. I was only about 13 years old. And God was still working on me. Okay? Everybody got, got me? One of my buddies that lived in the neighborhood there around the church got his bike stolen. And he said he knew who stole the bike. I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just wait till the street lights come on. Because that's when their parents call for them to come in. I know, I know you kids don't know anything about this, but that's how we knew to go home with street lights. They're literally, some of these kids are like, what does that even mean? I know you go home when your phone battery dies or something like that. I don't know, but I said, we'll wait till the street lights come on. Their parents will call for them to come in. We just go over and steal that bike back. It ain't really that bad, right? You okay? It's the next part where it gets a little tricky. So we go over there. I forgot to tell my buddy to wear all black. He shows up wearing like a neon Adidas sweatshirt. 
you can't be all the way stupid. So we wait over there. Looks like they're all in the house. He said, I see my bike over there. It's good. So we go creeping up there. We get about from here to the, the IMAX back there. And I said, go over and get your bike. So he gets almost to the bike. And I don't know if it was the devil or just me. But something went off in me because I saw another bike sitting next to that one. And I said to myself, we might as well go ahead and take that one too. Now, let me confess, because some of you right there almost sat down and said, I'm out. That's the only thing I ever stole that night. So my buddy's over there, and he's getting his bike, and here I come beside him, and I get the other bike. I'll never forget it. He said, Wilkes, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking this one too. And I was gone. You know what? Anybody else tired of the devil getting your stuff? I wonder if in one moment, just for about 60 seconds, collectively with one heart, with one mind, with one accord, if we could march into the enemy's camp right now and say, I come after what you took from me. But while I'm there, I'm going to go ahead and get some of these prodigal stuff that I see lying around here. He said, Wilkes, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking this one too. I dare somebody in the Holy Ghost to say, you know what? I'm going to walk up in the enemy's territory right now. I want my church's revival back. I want my family's revival back. I want this region's revival back. I want it now. Come on, is there any Holy Ghost ladies that would lift your voice up right now? Come on, is there any men that would lift up your voice right now? You know what I feel? Brother Garnett, when you get to preaching about taking stuff back, it's easy to say, let's go get our joy back. Let's go get our, let's go, let's go get our, our happiness back. Those are all good preaching things. I feel something a little stronger than that. The enemy still got some stuff of yours, young man. And it's a lot more than just joy. It's a lot more than just happiness. 
He's got some things that he's convinced you will never be a part of your life. The enemy's tried to steal them from you. I'm wondering, is there anybody, if I miss that, you don't worry about that. But I'm telling you, I'm wondering if there's anybody that will go a step beyond just taking joy back. I'm telling you, there's anointings that need to be taken back in this room. There are giftings that need to be taken back in this room. There are strengths and blessings. There are gifts and skills and talents that need to be taken back in this room. And I'm telling you, we can't do it lightly. we got to throw our hands heavenward. And we got to storm the gates of hell right now. Come on. Come on. Storm the gates of hell. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.